What's up? Hey, happy Friday. I hope you're in a great mood. If you're not, just decide to be in one. Let's do this. Welcome to Car Smart Friday. Put your seatbelt on. We are going for a ride. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Today, we are recording from the front seat of Brett's vehicle. We are driving back from LA. I did an appearance this morning at the Hallmark Channel Home and Family. It's crazy though, sets. It was a little bit like um, going to QVC because they have like eight different sets inside and a couple sets outside and they just kind of move to each um, set depending on you know what the segment is. It's pretty cool. It was cool. He was nervous because they had me come on and do a cooking segment and as you know, this girl doesn't cook. Brett and Aaron and Ashley and just a bunch of great people contributed the amazing recipes that are in the 131 cookbook or the recipe segment of the book, I should say. But you know what? I'm, I'm really good at putting things in bowls. And so I, I, uh, I can make all the recipes. I just don't create the recipes. That's for dang sure. But I can make them because they're pretty simple. So I, that's what I did today live on camera. But the reason why I wanted to do the episode today about kind of a follow-up to the episode I did on Wednesday, and we hadn't planned on doing that. We had another show or another topic we were going to talk about today. But I realized I kind of made a mistake in that I got so many kind of nervous messages from people and I didn't mean to create any type of hysteria or worry in the part of any of you who might have breast implants or or maybe considering them. So first I want to start with an apology because when I bring up a topic like that, I know better than to just share one side of the story. I usually do my research and in this particular incident, incidents, incident, I did not. I love Angie Lee. I knew about her story and it was fascinating to me and I didn't know much about breast implant illness, but I wanted her to share her story. And really, I had so many questions about CBD oil. By the way, I'm not sure if we mentioned it, but if you were interested in Angie's CBD oil, and I'm, I'm not an affiliate or anything, but her CBD link is below this episode for her company. It's called mysoulcbd.com. Anyways, go back and listen to that episode if you want to have hear more information about CBD oil. But let's go back to breast implant illness. So I didn't do a lot of research on it beforehand. Then I started getting like messages from people like crazy, kind of really freaking out. Even my own girlfriends and you know, one of my friends like I booked an appointment the very next day with a naturopath and another one went and talked to a plastic surgeon. Both of these are friends who had breast implants and were like, this really freaked me out. So I realized that I have a greater responsibility to you guys to give you more information when I do a show like that. So my apologies and this is a follow-up. So first let's talk about whether you need to rush out and have your breast implants removed or if you should now therefore never consider doing that. I'm not going to tell you either way. I think that is your, as with all things, it's your decision to make, but I do want to help you make a more informed decision. Anything foreign you put into your body is a foreign object, is foreign material and some of us, our bodies will fight that off the same way that a body can reject a heart transplant or a medical device, a cornea transplant. You know, even if that's 
someone else's t- human tissues, your body can reject that. So it's not surprising that your body would want to reject something that's not human tissue, that's not a living organism. That's not surprising at all. Now, what happens when the body wants to reject a foreign item or a foreign object? Well, inflammation. That's what happens when we get a sliver. That's what happens when the body wants to fight a foreign invader. For many women, the fact that they have an auto immune response to their breast implants means that the body then attacks the object with inflammation and scar tissue, forming scar tissue that creates a capsule around the implant. And that capsule is like a hardened scar tissue. Where this can get really dangerous for some women is if they have capsular contraction, which is that scar tissue forming around the implant, which then causes you know, think of it as like kind of like a shell. I know this is pretty gross to look at. And I'm going to link a video for you below this episode that you can watch on YouTube that probably will give you a little bit better understanding of what this looks like and what actually happens. But if you think of it as like almost like a, I know this is a horrible example, but like a candy coating, like a coating around something, other tissues and blood can get trapped inside the capsule, which is then surrounding the the implant. And in some cases, the longer they're in, the higher the likelihood of necrosis, you know, the dying off of tissue. And dead tissue is bad bacteria, is infection, is, as you can imagine, can create all kinds of autoimmune responses for women and, in fact, could lead to death. How often do we know that's happened? Well, that's the tricky part is I think that so many of the symptoms of breast implant illness, and this is where the controversy comes in, mimic many other symptoms such as leaky gut, fibromyalgia, menopause. I mean, you name it. Most of the symptoms are going to sound very familiar to you. And this isn't something new. When I started looking at the research after I did the episode, I found studies dating all the way back to 2001 and even earlier. And one of the major controversies then still is one of the reasons why people dismiss this as being a true illness and more so an illness of symptoms where people start talking about symptoms and they think, oh my gosh, I'm experiencing all those things too and I have breast implants, therefore it must be me or that must be what's happening and then they'll rush and have their breast implants removed which again, you know, that's another surgery so that you're putting yourself at risk again of infection, etc. So some of those non-specific symptoms that researchers note women with breast implants complaining of are things like sleep disturbances, fatigue, loss of hair, joint pain, memory loss, inability to concentrate, chronic arthritis, complaints of allergy-like symptoms, headaches, migraines, heart palpitations, regional pain in the chest, myofascial pain, irritable bowel syndrome, joint swelling, PMS, irritable bladder, and a whole list of symptoms that are going to sound very familiar to you. And guess what? These are some of the same symptoms that experts associate with an illness related to root canals and toxic mold exposure. 
So, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, might it be the breast implants? It could be, but it could be a whole host of other things as well. So I want to share with you this story. Um, one of my girlfriends, when she heard that episode, she went immediately to her, like a really reputable integrative medical doctor and said, all right, listen, if that's the case, and you know some of the symptoms that I have experienced, do I need to remove these breast implants? And her doctor said, listen, we can trace your symptoms back to a food intolerance and she has celiac disease. So it's very clear that she is symptomatic anytime she has exposure to gluten and it's her celiac disease that causes most of these symptoms, most likely. Is that something to know for certain? No, but I think one of the main things you can do is first fix your diet. First, remove all of the toxins that are in your diet and the things that you're consuming, and then your environmental toxins. And if you still suspect that it might be your breast implants, well, then I think it's important for you to consider that option. But anytime you're doing a surgery, you're putting yourself at at risk, right? So I just think you need to weigh your options. That's number one. And number two is, I found this out after doing the interview, that the FDA suggests that women with breast implants have them replaced at a minimum of every 10 years. And to me, that was interesting because I wanted to know, is that something that the plastic surgeons have lobbied the FDA to recommend because it certainly means more surgeries? Is that something that really needs to be done? So then I have another girlfriend who ironically, like last month, went to her original surgeon and said, okay, it's been 12 years. Should I consider doing an update? And he said, listen, you have no scar tissue. You have no capsular contraction and they look amazing and you're perfectly healthy. You're not having any autoimmune conditions. So I don't think it's worth risking another surgery in your situation. So again, I'm not a doctor. If you're worried, go see yours. But I do think it's an, on an individual basis. I think if there's capsular contraction, it seems to me that that is a whole nother ball game. And that is your body saying, we don't want these in us. What does that look like having them removed? Well, you know, you can take a look at some of those Facebook groups that Angie mentioned. Basically, if you go online and type in breast implant illness, you can expect to be horrified and overwhelmed. And I just don't want you to needlessly create anxiety and worry, but I do want you to be informed. I want you to be aware of the risks and I want you to make the decision that's right for you. As it pertains to breastfeeding and implants, I had my implants done after my first baby and I nursed my first baby without any issues and I nursed my second baby without any issues and neither of them had any problems. I mean, Brock was incredibly, incredibly colicky, but you know, again, I'm not saying that, that we have enough research. We don't know yet, right? Like maybe we will find out that that isn't great for a baby. Who knows? But again, you know, the baby bottles are plastic and so is the nipple that we put in the baby's mouth. So, you know, I don't know the answer. I do think it's important that you make your own informed decision and you do what's right for you. Many of you have reached out to me way before I did this episode and asked, you know, Shalene, I really, really hate 
what's happened to my breasts after breastfeeding. Do you think it's a wise decision? Do you think it's bad if I wanted to get breast implants? I can't answer that question for you. I can only share with you my own beliefs about it. And I didn't feel like myself. It bugged me so much that there came a point where it was like the only thing I was thinking of. It wasn't that I didn't think I was pretty. It it wasn't that Brett had an issue with it. It it wasn't any of those things. It just really bugged me that I had, you know, gotten in such great shape. And then I'd lost this part of me, you know, like I mentioned in that last episode, I had bigger boobs, I guess you could say all my life. And then after having the babies, just having them be like completely deflated was, I don't know, I didn't feel very feminine. And I'm just being honest. And I loved having it done. It was like, wow, geez, I just, I don't have to worry about wearing, you know, a padded bra and push up. They just sit where they're supposed to sit. I do wish they were smaller. I do wish I, I mean, because they're a little bit bigger than what I had naturally. And I don't like that. So if anything, I might go back in and I would be interested in in seeing what kind of advances they've made so that I wouldn't have to do an implant. I could maybe do a a fat transfer. (laughs) I've got plenty of that. We could move into that location. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for me, but I do know I want to be honest with you. And I'm sure I'm going to get heat from people saying like, how can you call yourself a health professional? I've already got that. So you, you can save it, sister. I ain't got time for your opinion. I'm just being honest. I was really happy with the surgery for very shallow reasons. I love how much easier it is just to wear certain things. You know, like, frankly, that's a, kind of a nice thing. Like to not have to figure out like, okay, what, how in the world am I going to strap these things up? You, they, they just, <laughs> Fred's laughing, they just stay up. You know what I'm saying? So there you go. I hope that's more information for you. I'm going to put some additional links for you below this episode, some of which may take you down a rabbit hole. And I also think it's important for you to know that this has become wildly popular. Women have been doing, you know, talking about breast implant illness for more than two decades. But because of social media, I think it's gained more popularity in the last couple of years. And I'm not saying that it's a psychosomatic situation, but you've had this happen, right? Where someone's like, oh my man, I've got a major headache. And you're like, you know what? I do too. And I just wonder how much of that hysteria especially like the way it just like spread like wildfire after that episode. I heard so many people like, yeah, I've got bags under my eyes and I, my eyes are red and I've got some of those issues. But again, a lot of those issues, you might want to start by healing your gut first before you freak out. That's all I'm saying. Hey there, we'll get right back to the show, but I have a quick question for you. Are you trying to lose weight or just be healthy or just feel more confident and happy? Well, in order to do that, you need a new way. You see, the problem is losing weight, it's hard, and keeping it off feels almost impossible. At the one through one method, we have helped over 50,000 people find a new way, a much better way. Okay, so here's how this works with our online program. It's three simple steps. You go to 131method.com, you start it, you slay it, and you own it. 
step one is to start it. You do that by identifying what it is you want to work on. What is your priority? Is it weight loss? Is it gut health? Then you pick a start date, you log in and go. Step two, you slay it. What does that mean? It means you get your meal plans, you select from hundreds of delicious, simple recipes all online, including cooking tutorials, and then we'll help you change up the way you eat every four weeks. That is going to boost your metabolism and it's called diet phasing. We'll help you personalize the process because hello, one size fits all diets do not work, they never have, and they never will. We all need our own individualized approach and our registered dietitians are going to help you do that so that this is something that you can do for life. And then step three, you own it. No more wasting time with fad diets or wondering if you're doing something right. It's time for you to take control of your health, to heal your relationship with food and your body. And we wanna help you lose the weight and keep it off. You deserve to look and feel freaking amazing. So do yourself a favor, go to 131method.com and let's do this. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for prioritizing your health. Now back to the show. Well, I hope that was helpful. I did not mean to create any hysteria. You know, there's one other controversy I wanted to address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did this Instagram IGTV video talking about how I think that fitness influencers, especially the young up and coming ones who they post the same stuff. I talked about them being like, you know, too sexualized, too much skin. And, you know, they say they're wanting to help women, inspire women and help women get healthy. And then you look at their accounts and it's like thong shots and them, you know, somebody zooming in on their butt crack while they're doing bent over rows or deadlifts with their, you know, sculpted special gym shark tights on. And it just seems like, why are they doing that? And at first it's like, oh yeah, well some accounts do that. And then it just, over the last like five years, I just see more and more and more and more of it. And I'm not a prude, you guys. Like you, listen, you know me, I, I love it all. I'll talk about it all, I love it all. I, it's not about being a prude. And it's not about showing skin. And, and so then I had people like saying like, you know, you're slut shaming. I'm like, I'm not slut shaming. I've got a lot of friends who are sluts. I love sluts. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I, but I'm not slut shaming. I don't even, I mean, I don't even know where that came from. Oh, I'll explain it to you later, honey. It's a whole thing. You know, you're always going to offend somebody. Who are you not offending these oh, days? Somebody's always offended. Somebody's always got their panties in a wad. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to offend someone by saying that. I'm sure panties are offensive. But nonetheless, I do think I probably didn't make it perfectly clear in that video that it's not the skin per se. Like, go ahead, show off your body. That's awesome. What I was trying to help young women, young fitness influencers understand is that you don't have to do that to make it in the fitness industry. And you want to ask yourself, who am I trying to attract and who am I trying to help? And is this helping them? I'm not saying it's good or bad. I was trying to point out and I apparently didn't, well, maybe I did do a good job because there aren't that many comments who didn't get it. But just to clarify, you know, if you want to show off your body, show off your body. But always remember that you want to think about like, who am I trying to help? And does this help them? 
And if that's not your style, because my issue was the way I started the video is I meet so many women who will tell me like, you know, yeah, here's my Instagram page. Go check it out. But like, oh, you know, I just want you to know, like, that's not really me. I mean, I don't I don't really like dress like that and stuff. I mean, I'm not like a sex kitten or anything. And then I'll go look at their Instagram and I'm like, really? Because it sure seems like, wow, like a lot of skin and overly sexualized and just my thing is, if you're not the kind of person who feels comfortable bearing all, you don't have to do that. And if you are the kind of person who's comfortable bearing all, well, then go for it. Case in point, my friend Chanti, I know we're mainly talking about women, but my friend Chanti, he posts some very interesting, scantily clad, okay, fine, naked. He's done a couple of naked coffee posts, a couple of naked photos. Tasteful, though. I think tasteful. I didn't feel like they were over-sexualized, personally. But to each their own. But anyways, let me tell you a little something about Sean. If you listen to his podcast, you know this. That man walks around naked. He is rarely with clothes on in his home, at least before the kids were born. I don't know how it is now. So, like, that to me is like, okay, that's who he is. This girl, me, I'm not like that. I'm going to put on a robe, even if my husband's coming into the room. Like, I'm just a modest kind of gal. So, that wouldn't fit with who I authentically, who I am. But if that's you, if that's who you are authentically are, go for it. My point was, you don't have to do that to make it. And there's a lot of women who not only are triggered by it and, you know, feel worse about themselves. There's a lot of women who like, that's not going to help them. It's actually going to be hurtful. And to the contrary, there are probably women who, when they see, you know, a chiseled physique and they can see every inch of it, that inspires them. Great. I just want you to know you don't have to do it. And I don't think you should do things just for likes just for Instagram growth, just because everybody else is doing it. Like I said, if I see one more post, do you know this post, Brett, the one where it's like a girl standing at the ocean and she's always wearing a thong and then she has her head tilted to one side and she has her two hands up in the air doing peace signs. Have you seen that post? I've seen that post. Like I've seen a million people do that post. So you don't stick out. So like, so they're actually defeating the purpose because I'm listening to this. So if that's the look that yeah. they're doing, they just look like everybody else. It's like if everybody was wearing white and you're yeah. just going through yeah. it and you're like, okay, everybody's doing that same pose. Yeah. Like do something that's like beneficial. If you, yeah. you know, whatever you're trying to it's the, it's be the equ- It's the equivalent you. of that person who is in an MLM and they, you know, whatever it is, they're selling ketones or a protein shake or whatever. It's the equivalent of the person standing there or these same thing that fitness influencers with their BCAAs, their, their, you know, their shaker cup and they're standing there with their shaker cup. It worked like 10 years ago, the first time someone did that, but y'all now it just makes people unfollow you. In fact, I have an Instagram report coming out shortly, really cool stuff. And we just surveyed thousands of people to figure out like, what do you like to see? What makes you unfollow people in social media? And overwhelmingly people said, over-sexualized photos and salesy product placement. So there you go. All right, guys. That was quite the TNA episode. Sheesh, I better put a parental warning at the front of this one. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for reaching out in social media. And by the way, thank you for writing these reviews for the book. Now listen, 
I got to tell you this. One more thing. One more thing. Don't go. Don't go. I have a personal policy that I will not read the Amazon reviews for fear that I might accidentally see a negative one. And if I see a negative one, it'll ruin my day. And why would I let somebody do that? Because I can't be everybody's cup of bone broth, right? I can't worry about whether some people hate the book and some people, you know, don't like me or whatever and have their own personal agenda. Or maybe they just don't like the book. That's fine. But I don't want to read that review. So I'm not allowing myself to read any Amazon reviews. So the only way I'm seeing your reviews, the nice ones, are when you take a screenshot of it and DM it to me on Instagram, Okay. So do me a favor, because I love reading the good ones, but I can't risk like having an awful day. I'm sorry. That's how I protect my positive attitude. And it's important. My energy is important. People say, how are you in a good mood or how are you high energy? I spend a lot of time making sure I protect my energy. And so if you have written me an Amazon review, I would love it if you did that. If you just took a screenshot of it and sent it over to me, that would make my day. I take all care of all the bad reviews. What do you do? they personally get notified by me. Oh, yeah? How do you find them? Well, usually they're private on on all socials. Yeah. And it's usually a picture of some kind of animal. Yeah. And so... Okay. There you go. Do you put a hex on them? I do. I just... I don't say anything back to them. I just want to look at them a little bit, and I I just know karma is going to come back. Yeah. Well, you guys, you're entitled to not like my book, but it's just not... Like, people were writing negative reviews, my husband told me, because their book came damaged. Like... Like, they think I delivered it or something. Yeah, it's a customer service. Yeah, like, complain to Amazon. Don't write a negative review. Anyways, enough about that. I started to close this thing out, and and now I'm going to say goodbye to you again. All right, I love you. I mean it. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you Monday. Bye.